0: The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today, on the lab report, we're going to talk about polyphenols,
1: flavonoids, lignans, catechins, proanthocyanidins. that's not a word,
0: <laughs> almost.
1: The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. Do you do you play any games on your phone to waste time?
0: Uh, I just randomly pick one of the 300 games my daughter's downloaded. (laughs) My Little Pony's great. Hello!
1: Hey, Michael Chapman. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you, Patty Devers?
1: I'm living my best life, of course.
0: Cool. Well, this is a podcast, guys. Seriously, it really is a podcast, Mm. and I appreciate you being here. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics, where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, and integrative therapeutics. Yep, did all say, those things. Did I say thanks for being here? <laughs> Tell your friends.
1: Well, we are grateful that you're here. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome back. And hopefully by now you'd have gone to either iTunes or Spotify mm. and perhaps subscribe to this little show that mm-hmm. we call The Lab Report. Maybe rate, review, leave us some stars, etc.
0: And if you have feedback, mm-hmm. send it to podcast.gdx.net. That's our email address. Okay, back to the game thing real quick. Have you heard of ASMR? Yes. Okay. So there's this game called ASMR slicing. Okay. That you literally like you just slice things. Wow. And you can you can pick it's whatever. It's relaxing though. No, it is, and yeah. it, 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 depending on like what knife or whatever you pick,
1: uh-huh.
0: it has a different vibration when you cool. as you slice, and it's, cool. it's very soothing. Like I I did it, I just played it one time just to see what it was, and mm-hmm. then I would, I realized that like 20 minutes had gone by, and I was still playing, and I was like, well, wow. <laughs> I
1: will I will say some of the ASMR kind of creeps me out. You know, Mm -hmm. but I'm more more concerned and amazed that your four or five-year-old daughter can download apps and games on your phone and play them like My Little Pony.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's trading on the stock market these days. (laughs) Anyway, what are we talking about today? Well,
1: you said we're talking about polyphenols today. Mm. And, you know, we throw this word around a lot, polyphenols. Uh And there's a lot of different types of polyphenols. There's thousands of different kinds of them. I think importantly is we should probably pull it all the way back and Uh-oh. maybe Uh-oh. define what Uh-oh. we mean by polyfemol. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what time it is. It's time to define some truth. All right, Patty, I'm excited. (laughs) Tell me what a polyphenol (laughs) is. Is
1: Well, in in chemistry, there's an aromatic green called a phenol. Uh And when you put several of those together, it becomes a polyphenol. (sighs)
0: So you just defined a polyphenol as having multiple phenols.
1: You asked me for a a definition. I I think I could have gotten there myself, (laughs) honestly. Admittedly, there's a lot more to the story.
0: I should hope there's more to the story.
1: <laughs> well, polyphenols are a large group of bioactive phytochemicals, which means in plants.
0: Mm. Things that are in plants. Plant mm-hmm. chemicals. Yeah. Okay.
1: And there's many different subclasses of polyphenols. Got it. Words that you may have heard of. Uh-huh. Things like flavonoids, yep. phenolic acids, nope. lignans, yep. still beans. Nope. Right.
0: All right, no, I've heard some of these names before, but, like, why are we talking about this today? What, what's what's <laughs> the importance here?
1: Well, the word polyphenol may not be familiar to you, but these are important. They're in things like tea, like green tea mm-hmm. or berries. And so you think, okay, well, why are these helpful? We know polyphenols as a chemical structure are important because they can confer some really important health benefits, especially when it comes to chronic disease.
0: So these are some of the phytochemicals in those foods that we consider healthy a lot of times, like Mm -hmm. green tea, berries, stuff like that, that are doing the work, that are essentially some of the helpful compounds. And when we think about these compounds, what are some of the actions that we think of? What do they help do?
1: Well, a lot of people go right to antioxidant or anti-inflammatory, Yeah. but some of the mechanisms are actually being more closely elucidated and may not, in fact, be directly antioxidant but have a lot of different, other important modulating features.
0: Yeah, and I think the research is starting to show that they're not necessarily directly antioxidant, but they upregulate our antioxidant systems. They act as sort of epigenetic regulators, right? But it's not the only thing they do. They have a lot of different actions outside of this antioxidant effect as well.
1: Mm -hmm. They help to regulate your glucose, they can increase insulin secretion, they reduce apoptosis, which is in essence, cell death, and, they're anti-inflammatory, like you described. Okay, well, let's put this into context for people. Let's dive a little bit deeper into the subclasses of polyphenols and talk about each one.
0: Sure. Let's start with the flavonoids, or as what sometimes is referred to as bioflavonoids, mm-hmm. if you see it sitting on a supplement shelf. Um, and this is this, the flavonoids are broken down into several different categories. There's flavanols, flavonones, isoflavones, anthocyanidins. Oh Flavin-3-alls. Oh, my god! <laughs> and so there's a bunch of them, but they're collectively known as the flavonoids. And tell me a little bit about this this class of phenolic compounds. What, what do they do?
1: You know, the one that most people think about as it relates to flavonols is quercetin, right? Mm-hmm. So we think about quercetin as being anti-inflammatory. But some of the food sources of, of these flavonoids are things like black tea and green tea, red wine, apples with peels, berries, dark chocolate.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think one of the main reasons why we talk about dark chocolate and chocolate in general as being healthy is because of the, the content of the flavonoids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think of flavonoids too as a group, I certainly also think about fruits, like our citrus fruits um, and like tomatoes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And anytime I can get a chance to defend the tomato, I will do so. Because Whoa, does
1: it need defending? It
0: certainly From does. From Oh, you know, tomatoes get a bad rap. They're I'm part not of the sure their nightshade, right? So they can yeah. cause inflammation. Uh, they've got lectins in the seeds, and that's going to destroy your gut. Listen, everybody so loves
1: lycopene. We all know lycopene's good.
0: I'm just, I like spaghetti. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, aside from that tomato detour, mm-hmm. there's another category of the flavonoids that I think are worth mentioning, which is the isoflavones. You may have heard of these.
1: Yeah, that's like soy tofu, legumes. Exactly. And that's
0: why a lot of the products that we talk about like soy isoflavones, these isoflavones Mm -hmm. that are important, things like genistein, um, diadzine.
1: I never know how to say that one. Are these words?
0: They are words. They're constituents of soy and and various other foods too. And when I think about soy isoflavones and how they've been studied a lot of times is with respect to estrogen modulation, right?
1: Right, right. And I'll tell you, Michael, you know, there are thousands of in thousands of polyphenols. Yeah. But let's just hit a couple more that people may have heard of. Things like anthocyanins or proanthocyanidins. Uh-huh. Very common. So we're thinking about things like blueberries, red wine, uh, cranberry, black currant, pomegranate, things like that.
0: Yeah, I always think of like the purple and red yes, coloration that's of right. foods, and that's partly due to these phenols, right?
1: Right. And another one you may hear is lignans, which. Common term. Wait, we'll talk about lignans. And this is in things like whole brand cereals and flax. And there is one last one, Michael. What's that? Still beans. What? Still beans.
0: I've never had still beans. What do they taste like? They're delicious.
1: No, it's actually S-T-I-L-B-E-N-E-S. L B E N E S. We're talking about resveratrol, which is ah. commonly used in functional medicine and natural medicine.
0: Yes, good old resveratrol. I remember when resveratrol really kind of popped on the scene. When was that? Uh, it was around like 2007, 2008 okay. when I started showing up in all the supplement stores and being touted as the great anti-aging supplement.
1: But then that brings up an interesting concept okay. that you can get a lot of these polyphenols from food, uh-huh. but then they take some of those constituents and put them in supplements. Yes, and you know it's kind of what you and Greg Monzel were talking about as it relates to plant medicine: eating a whole plant versus pulling out some of its constituents in a concentrated form as a supplement.
0: Right, and that's the idea around nutraceuticals and why we call them thus, right? Because they are essentially concentrated plant constituents or various other components, and so they're, they're pharmaceutical-grade in a lot of ways, right? They're, they're kind of like drugs, um, which is why the, the term nutraceutical makes a lot of sense.
1: So on that concept of your food is your medicine, yeah. on this list of all these polyphenols, we talked a lot about various fruits. You know, berries comes up a lot, mm-hmm. wine, mm-hmm. grapes. Mm-hmm. And so we really start to think... Fruits are kind of superfoods, a lot of them.
0: And some of them are good and some of them are not good. Ugh. I mean, to taste. I'm sp- you know what I'm We're saying? talking to you bananas. So uh, I have an idea. What? Why don't we bring the judges in? Who are the judges? It's you and me. Oh. And we go ahead and just pass a verdict on a fruit. Oh.
1: Based on evidence? Yeah. Like in a court, like evidence-based
0: yeah. judgment? like a food court. Rise. the food court is now in session. All right, all right. Piped up. Good morning, Judge Devers.
1: Well, if it isn't the Honorable Michael J. Chapman.
0: And good morning, ladies and gentlemen, calling the case of the people of the lab report versus bananas.
1: Okay, before we start presenting evidence, I, yes, think I need to clarify, mm-hmm. Your Honor. You know, are, you, are we just talking about our personal opinions regarding bananas? Do you want to know what's in the literature about them? And then furthermore... How are we judging them? Like, we giving them a sentence? We giving them a number? How does this food court work?
0: I don't know, I hadn't really thought it out that far. Let's just see what happens. Okay. Personally, I think the case for bananas starts with the fact that they are quite delicious. They're versatile. You use them as flavorings in so many different things. You know, banana pudding, banana cream pie, all these things, and it tastes hmm. great. Not to mention that bananas have a lot of potassium in them. And some other vitamins and minerals, right? Vitamin C. So a lot of good things going for bananas, I would say.
1: Hmm. It's a very compelling argument. I'm going to argue the opposite and tell you I think they're disgusting.
0: Wow. They
1: turn brown really quickly. Mm-hmm. You can't eat the peel. They're mushy. They have a weird texture. I'm going to counter that nutritional information and tell you that avocados have more potassium than bananas.
0: All right. Pipe down, everyone. Pipe down, more. I mean, just because avocados have more potassium, it doesn't mean bananas have none. How much potassium is in a banana?
1: 422 milligrams. That's a lot. Avocado, 1,067.
0: Oh, okay. So I rest it has, my case. It has more, but it still has a lot. 400 milligrams is a lot of potassium. That's helpful.
1: Mm, okay. And it's
0: delicious. Is it? Yeah. I think we're ready to go to, to a verdict Ready? Here. Ready for a verdict? Yeah. And let's do it this way. How about you write down on a scale of 1 to 10 okay. what, how you feel about the banana? Ten being ultimate, perfection, zero being a weed that grows out of Hades garden. Are right, you ready for that? I mean... I am. You Forget about it? it. It helps with diarrhea, too. I'm, you forget about I'm that? ready. Okay, Let's see what you got.
1: My initial instinct was to give it a 0.0, but given the fact that it does have some potassium, a lot of B6, and some vitamin C, I've decided to give it a one.
0: A one? That's harsh.
1: Well, I'm a judge. I'm also a yeah, Libra. Can I just right put here. that out there? That's fine.
0: fine. Uh, I gave it a 7. Yeah, I think it's pretty good, and if you have kids, it's basically the only fruit they eat. So so we've got a pretty big difference of opinion. I think we're going to have to appeal to Ohio court.
1: What do? You, what does the appeal process look like? Dividing them in half, finding what's in the middle, adding them together, throwing it out? No, we
0: just asked Travis.
1: Oh. All right, well, why we? while we wait for that appeal process, why don't we move on to another fruit that happens to tie into the polyphenols. How about blueberries?
0: Sounds good. Uh, this is calling the case of people of the lab report versus blueberries.
1: Okay, now we're talking some real fruit. Uh-huh. Blueberries. Some people consider it like a superfood. It's so rich in some of these polyphenols that we've been talking about, things like anthocyanins and quercetin, that it's anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. so super important. But it's also a good source of things like manganese and vitamin C and vitamin K. And they're small, portable, pop them in your mouth, nothing to peel, easy piece. And they're delish.
0: I mean, that's where I would have an objection because I don't consider them necessarily to be delish per se because huh. 50% of the time you hit one and it's super sour. And then the other 20%, 30% are actually sweet. And then the other problem that we'd run into with blueberries is that they're mealy. So what? you bite into them no. and there's sort of this grainy, sandy consistency. So cooked in a pancake or in something else, then it's beautiful, perfect. Mm -hmm. But raw, I don't know, it's hit and miss. You can can get pretty unlucky with a blueberry. And a bad blueberry is pretty bad.
1: But that's good variety.
0: Okay, well I'm ready for a verdict. Me too. Okay, let's write it down.
1: Okay.
0: All right, what do you got over there for a score for blueberries?
1: I've got a nine.
0: A nine? That's right. Wow.
1: I didn't give it a 10. Because when I was little, I ate a whole bunch of blueberries and my teeth turned blue. So I'm going to go with the nine.
0: That's sound constitutional logic. Um Thanks. What I did, I, I was thinking <clears throat> it essentially a six for when they are cooked in something. Mm-hmm. And raw, I would give it a five. Okay. Um. So I've got uh, a, a five, six drawn here.
1: <laughs> That's not even a number. What yeah, is it's, it's
0: a six and a five put together.
1: <laughs> Who are you? Okay, so I can see we have a hung jury. I'm going to take this into mediation. Why don't you make that 5-6 of 5, six, or five six, nine, and then we all win?
0: Yeah, I can do that here. Getting into the Prince territory.
1: All right, solve that one, which brings up our next case. We're going to talk about pomegranates. It's the people of the lab report versus pomegranates.
0: All right, I'm going to be up front here. Okay. Pomegranates are pretty great. All right. I think they taste good. Uh, they're very high in antioxidants, right? When I think of that, I think of cardiovascular health and I think of, you know, even like the pomegranate juice, which is like high in, it's got the ORAC value on there. Good stuff, man. I like pomegranate.
1: Well, you make a very compelling argument and I appreciate your honesty there, Mm -hmm. your honor, but I'm actually going to agree with you. I think pomegranates are delicious. They contain a lot of elagic acid, which is a polyphenol, Mm. which makes it antioxidant. Right. Additionally... It's fairly good for your microbiome and for growth of acromantia, mucinophilia. Yep. And there's a lot of great literature around the benefits of pomegranates. But another reason I like it is because it's also in the tarot card and the empress card
0: in the tarot. So you're referencing divination law. That's interesting.
1: Some law is relative, Michael. But why don't we go ahead and write down our scores, what we think this should be.
0: I'm ready. So, uh, yeah, what's your score?
1: Well... I did give the blueberry a nine. Yeah. So for pomegranate, I went with eight, mainly because it's really a little bit messy to try to eat. Mm. There's a lot to it. But other than that, the health benefits put it up at an eight, as well as the phenomenal taste. Well, how about you?
0: Uh, I gave it here, you can see that, a three. What? Yeah, I just changed my mind, honestly. I mean, it's a lot of work, and it stains your clothes pretty bad. Just yeah, regardless. No matter how good you are at it, it's, it's going to ruin something you're wearing.
1: Let's settle this case and just agree that pomegranate juice is probably a better way to go.
0: That's fine with me. Uh, I think this has been productive. Me too. So getting back to polyphenols, um, there's some important kind of things to understand about polyphenols, and one of them, as I understand it, relates to how these are processed by the gut. Patty, you have any information over there about that?
1: Well, we know that polyphenols can modulate your microbiome, right? We know how important the microbiome is. We also know that polyphenols... Can increase the production of butyrate, which you know mm, we talk about. Good. We talk about the GI effects. We know that's the primary fuel source for all of your colon cells. But yeah, butyrate's s- important. Totally, and some polyphenols, such as those in the green and black tea, can actually inhibit the growth of some really benef- detrimental bacteria, such as H. pylori, E. coli, Salmonella. So that's important too.
0: So they're microbiome modulating, mm-hmm. where they kind of weed out some of the bad players. Mm-hmm. What about in how they're metabolized too? Right, because some of the sometimes These flavonoids, these polyphenols, these constituents actually get changed into their more active constituent before being absorbed. It's actually the bacteria that are turning them into antioxidants and some of these other things. Is that not right?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like a bidirectional relationship between the two. The polyphenols help the microbiome. The microbiome actually then act on the polyphenols to kind of turn them into more bioactive
0: forms. And then they're absorbed only in that form to which they have systemic action as far as decreasing inflammation, increasing antioxidant pathways... So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else about these polyphenols that are kind of interesting, right?
1: Well, we know that polyphenols have been studied in a lot of things like cardiometabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, cognition. But important to note is a lot of the studies are epidemiologic, which can get tricky, right? Sure.
0: And the issue there is you can't establish causation; you're just looking at correlation. So. You know, classic example, if we're looking at this, then it's very likely that somebody who is consuming a lot of fruits or polyphenols in their diet may also have other things that they're doing in their lifestyle that are healthy right. in general. So right. it's maybe it's not the right. fruits, but it's actually something else in their healthy lifestyle that they're doing, that sort of thing.
1: Right, so that gets tricky, and a lot of people will say that there is no literature to support these as outcome studies, but there is some literature out there, like double-blind control studies using things like resveratrol to show some improvements in blood pressure you know cardiovascular disease but again they're rare and most of the literature is either in vitro or in mouse studies very few are in humans but some do exist so it's important to note that
0: travis i i thought we worked this out it's it's obviously a question of the day time I mean, it's just unbelievable. We spend all this time practicing, and he's back there practically sleeping. Forgets to press the button.
1: Well, you hired him.
0: Travis, cut it off. It's still going. It's the question,
1: question, question of the day. Michael Chapman, you ready for the question of the day? I am ready. So we spent the past 20 minutes talking about polyphenols, these phytochemicals that are in plants, flavanols, flavones, isoflavones, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The question is, how might these, the dietary intake of these polyphenols or phytochemicals influence results of the NutriVal?
0: It's a great question Thanks. and something to be aware of. Um, so thank you, listener, to whoever wrote that. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, so on the NutriVal, we have a section... Mm -hmm. of the report called organic acids. And there's a subsection in the organic acids called the malabsorption and dysbiosis markers. And it's important to note that many of these malabsorption dysbiosis markers can come from the fermentation of phenols, Mm. polyphenols, maybe flavonoids in some cases. And so supposedly if somebody has a really high intake, Of some of these fruits uh, grapes cherries uh, and even things like wine then it could theoretically show up as higher levels of these malabsorption dysbiosis markers Um, so it might be something to consider uh, when you're doing a diet diary maybe prior to the evaluation prior to the collection and you know, in that circumstance, then it may not actually end up being a bad thing because of the health benefits of some right. of these things. It's just something to be aware of. I, th- I think of things like benzoic acid, tartaric acid. Uh, these are high in a lot of fruits. So um, that's, that's something to be aware of. Perfect. Well, this has been fun. Um, and I'll have to say, Patty, I, I started to enjoy the power of being a judge on the, the hmm. high court.
1: No, actually, I think it's you just like wearing the robe. You probably said something cool on Project Runway.
0: This gavel has a nice weight to it.
1: I'm getting you a powdered wig.
0: Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk all about fiber.
1: Soluble, insoluble, resistant starches, and the microbiome.
0: We should bake some bran muffins.
1: Whoa. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Tomorrow's May 1st. What are you doing this weekend, Michael? Putting up your maypole?
0: Uh, no, I will be doing the opposite. I am taking a chainsaw to about 20 trees in my what? yard.
1: But the maypole, I think it all started to... Celebrate trees and living things and fertility. So you're going to celebrate May 1st or May Day by cutting stuff down?
0: Let it be known, I love nature. Mm -hmm. But if you don't regulate nature, it Mm -hmm. will take over.
1: Wow. Is that why you want to punch all the ants in the face?
0: You know, Kurt Vonnegut once said Mm -hmm. that if people think nature is their friend, they sure don't need an enemy. Wow. I love Kurt Vonnegut.